Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi, and welcome to the Drag Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients or to ourselves. We do take medicines from time to time, don't we? All right, let's break it down. Hello, my podcast friends, and how are you all doing? I hope you're doing wonderful on this May day. Um, so today we are going on with our thinning of the blood, and today we are on to heparins. So, uh, so heparins are administered to prevent blood clots from forming. Now, the interesting thing is they are naturally, heparins are naturally occur- occurring in our bodies, uh, mainly produced by the lungs and liver, and their work naturally in your body is that they bind to anti-thrombin and inactivate coagulation and the clotting factors. All right, let's go to a normal working day so that you can be able to plug in the heparin for all this to make sense. So let's start with antithrombin, which is a main character in this heparin story. Uh, Again, it's made by your body and its work is to inactivate thrombin, therefore the name anti-thrombin. It's against thrombin. So of course, the natural question to ask here is, why does anti-thrombin not like thrombin? Who is thrombin? All right. So on a normal working day in your body, let's say you get a cut and your body senses and sends messages that, oh boy, we are bleeding out. And your smart body goes into action saying, we need a clot, we need a clot. I know, maybe I've been watching too many video games. So the body quickly sends out pl- uh, plugs to the uh, sends out a plug to the bleeding area through a cascade of activities, and the whole point of it is that we need to stop the ble- the bleeding, and we're going to stop the bleeding by building a clot. Now, one of those activities, those cascade activities, is to turn on thrombin. And when thrombin is turned on, then that makes the clot stronger. How? Because it changes fibrinogen to fibrin, and fibrin is that stronger mesh. Because remember when you get a clot, when a clot is being formed, all these people run there, but then to make it really strong so that it does, does the bust, the pump doesn't bust, you need fibrin. Okay, so that's a normal working day. If you're bleeding, how I formed your clot. So now we're going to go back to antithrombin because in our case, remember, we have a stroke patient. And remember, with our stroke patient, we do not want them causing clots. And we don't want them causing clots because we don't want those clots to block the avenue for blood that has nutrients and oxygen to your blood cells, right? So that's the reason we are talking about this heparin is because we do not want a stroke to happen and the stroke is not going to happen because we are not going to form clots. So um, 
let's see so where are we so we don't okay good so this our smart scientist you know like seriously i don't know how they do this but they discovered that naturally your body stops clotting with antithrombin um and so how it does that is that um for this thrombin to be able what they figured out is that for this thrombin to be able to stop thrombin from being made the antithrombin needs to be switched on it needs to be activated and guess who does the activating of antithrombin that's right heparin so let me see this again in another way heparin by itself does not cause anticoagulation heparin's work is to activate anti-thrombin which in turn is going to stop thrombin from working to make sure that thrombin does not turn fibrinogen to fibrin when that doesn't happen voila no clots are formed so of course when this wonderful scientist figured out hmm how about we make this heparin thing that way we can stop this coagulation right because if there's more heparin in your body there's more heparin making sure that antithrombin is activated if more antithrombin is activated there is no thrombin to be able to get involved with the clotting and there are no clots so that's how heparin works so of course we started with unfractionated heparin that was that's a standard heparin the standard heparin that we use that's the one that came first right and it binds and potentiates activates antithrombin which then prevents the conversion so that thrombin can be activated and like i said again and i'll repeat again and again and again no thrombin no clotting occurs however this standard heparin is a very 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 friendly guy and binds to everybody as long as you're a plasma protein so of course if it just doesn't stick to antithrombin it's also making friends with other guys then there's a decreased bioavailability of heparin and this makes it unpredictable um, and then you have an unpredictable dose response relationships because you give me heparin i'm supposed to you're the only reason you're giving me is so that i can you can have my antithrombin um, activated but no heparin goes making friends and now you're having to start giving more and more and higher doses so that you can be able to i mean so the heparin can finally get to antithrombin and stop making friends with everybody right so that was a very big reason why the next group of heparins called the low molecular weight heparins came into play again the low molecular heparins bind and accelerate the activity of antithrombin in a very similar way to the standard heparins, but it has a preferential and prolonged, prolonged effect. Why? It's not as friendly. It's not going making friends all willy-nilly with everybody that it comes across. It is very preferential in how it makes its friends, right? So then, obviously, that leads to um, more free low, mo low molecular weight heparins. That means the bioavailability goes up like 85 to 99%. More prominent anticoagulation, prolonged duration of action. And some of the drugs that are 
low molecular weight heparins are enoxaparin, deltaparin, nadroparin, tenazaparin, and sertoparin. Of course, you can see everybody there ends with parin. So that's the low molecular weight. They have better bioavailability because they are preferential. They have prolonged effect. They're not making friends with everybody they come across. That's a plasma protein. All right. And we did not stop there. We then made a synthetic heparin. It's called fundaparinax. Sometimes you'll see it referred to as factor 10A inhibitor. So fundaparinax, again, it's synthetic heparin, all right? Binds to antithrombin. And this one even has a higher specificity. This one is definitely not making friends with every single person that comes along, right? Uh, it has minimal unwanted binding to other plasma proteins. So, of course, higher binding affinity to antithrombin, increasing the activity by about 300-fold. Wow. And um, again, has no direct effect on the thrombin, has uh, higher bioavailability, like I said. All right. So, as you can see from this, all heparins work the same. The difference is its bioavailability. So when you start with the regular heparin, you know, it has a 30% bioavailability. The low molecular heparins have like 90%. And for the Parinex, the synthetic heparin has 100%. All right. So that's heparins and how they work. It's specifically it, antithrombin activated. That way we can stop clotting. So of course, Unfortunately, like every drug, heparins come with side effects. And the first one should be very easy for you to figure that out. It's bleeding, right? Bleeding because that's what's up. It's thinning your blood anyway. So, of course, you're telling your, your patients to be on the lookout for any bleeding that's abnormal. You know, the brushing of teeth and you bleed. And because all this will be a sign of do we need to lower the dose or are we just oh, maybe it's just going to happen for a little while while, you're, you're, uh, while the body is getting used to this new heparin in their body, then it's going to level out. Right. So bleeding, then allergy or hypersensitivity reaction. Right, because especially um, the heparin, the source of the heparin, standard heparin and low molecular heparin is biological. So you can see how it's possible to have allergy or hypersensitivity reactions. So irritation on the site of administration, they are all given as an injection. So, you know, giving the advice of rotating the sites where the injection is being given and wonderful things like that, just to make sure that the person does not get irritated. Now, the other ones that are less common, first one I'll talk about is heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, sometimes called HIT. What is thrombocytopenia, you ask? It is low platelet count. A low platelet count is called thrombocytopenia. And HIT, or heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, is triggered by the immune system causing low platelet count. And the agents that cause this are the unfractionated heparin. And in the low molecular weight ones, you see enoxaparin, deltaparin, tenazaparin that will cause this. And this is enough for you to stop the heparin on a patient that has hit. Okay. Um, less common, osteoporosis. 
especially for those who are uh, getting it long-term administration and in high doses, they have been reported. But again, rare. Skin necrosis and anaphylaxis are also rare. All right. So they're also rare, but it's just a good to know. So those are the heparins. Again, remember, we are talking about stroke. We are trying to make sure that we are we are anticoagulated and the heparin works by activating antithrombin and then antithrombin, which is against thrombin, stops it from working. And so a clot doesn't form. And when clots don't form, that is good for us. If we are stroke patients, because I don't want these clots going over to my brain and blocking the food to our brain cells. All right. Till next time. I am Dr. Wamboy, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drug Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye. Thank you.